Shri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai Shri Shri Gaurada Madhava ki jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai Gaur Premanandi You the book? Good evening, everyone. Welcome back, Maharaj. Welcome by Ashram Maharaj Kijai. Did you see that quote from Prabhupada I sent you? Someone sent me that to, that, that to me the other day. <laughs> Hamsadutta asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, what if you feel like you wanted to be the friend of Krishna and Krishna's Leela, but actually, you know, you were something else, like a blade of grass or something like that? And Prabhupada said, no, don't think like that. Hmm? If the feeling is coming, then that you should cultivate that. You should follow that, he said. What if that's not? And then Prabhupada kind of cut him up and said, no. It should be cultivated, he said. Follow the friends of Krishna. You cannot be them. You cannot be Sudama. That's not right. But you should follow like him. <laughs> That's a nice... So wonderful. Nice quote, you know. I have to find a spot for it. In yeah. Yeah. The next edition of All My Friends. All right, so... We've been discussing... Uh, Rupa Goswami's description of the characteristics of one in whom the seed of Baba, the Babankur, has appeared. That would be good, but I don't think that's going to work like that. Hmm. <laughs> I'm supposed to do something like that now. Oh, that's better. And um, so we've we've gone through what th- I think three of the nine symptoms of uh, such a person, such an elevated person. Forbearance. The example was Maharaj Parikshit, who had been wrongly cursed, although by appearance he was rightly cursed, losing his cool as he did. Uh, on account of being thirsty. Um, but, again, looking at the broader, or the entirety, actually the broader picture of the entirety of his life, we can understand that was an extraordinary event that it was arranged by Krishna for the sp- sake of the speaking of the Bhagavatam. So again, we have one of these odd events, but the, in the life of a great soul, but an extraordinary uh, effect, extraordinary result. He was thirsty, so he got angry at the sage who was in trance, wondered if he was really in trance or not. His son cursed him and so forth. But then he sat down to hear the Bhagavatam and fasted for seven days. <laughs> so how could he be so agitated by a little thirst? That was the idea. So his forbearance and his forbearance, tolerance, and sometimes the, t- the term... Um, is uh, also translated uh, forgiveness. So he was forgiving of the Brahmin's son. He didn't try to counteract the curse or anything like that. He accepted it as Krishna's mercy. 
what was the name? How does that, what's the Sanskrit for that? Forbearance? Shantir. Same. You know, it appears in this. Shantir. Um, Shantir. Avyakta Kalatham. We, we, we just read about this yesterday. Rupa Goswami quoted a verse from where? Maybe Hari Bhakti Sudodaya. Hmm? It's similar to a verse he, he cites elsewhere from, I believe, the same text that I've quoted earlier. I quoted it when we were speaking about Nishta. How's that go? Jivan Mukta Suchte, Karmasa Karmana Manasagira, Nikilas Vapyavasta Su Jivan Mukta Suchte. Can't remember the first line. But Karmana Manasagira, one's actions, mind, words, and as Prabhupada renders it, intelligence also fully engaged in Krishna's service. Jivan Mukta Suchte, such a person is a liberated soul applies a little more to to um, the condition of Baba than Nishta, but Nishta is really a liberated life in 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 um, in, in in progress in, in a substantial way. It's it's kind of like you say, Krishna and then it has to go all the way across the hill and then you hear it over there. It takes a little time for the sound to go, but it's already Sounded something like that. One is turned entirely away from the worldliness with the help of intelligence, being fully engaged, and so forth. And so, one is a liberated person in in the the sounds gone off, but hasn't reached entirely the, the full distance. Something like that. This is the way in which Jiva Goswami describes deliverance from karma through bhakti. I think he gives another example that if you if you were to take a um, flower flower petals, let's say, to make a garland, then you stick the needle through them. You bundle a bunch of them together and stick the needle through. So it happens all at once, but each one has to be penetrated. Hmm? And that time is of, of really no consequence. Hmm. You don't count it. You just go, I did them all at once. But actually they go one by one. So there is some uh, time lapse, if you will, but but it's not of much consequence for one who's attained the stage of nishta. They're quite absorbed. Hmm. But in bhav, then actually one is... A liberated person, jivan mukta sujate, and it's a nice term because it's the term of the that the jnanis are fond of and more identified with them. So the idea is we have our own jivan mukta. Jivan mukta means that who's liberated in this life hmm, without dying first and and uh, attaining that would be called videha mukti beyond the body. So within the body, liberated. And of course, the difference, the significant difference between the jnani and the devotee is that the jnani, jivan mukta, is held in this world by his or her parabdha karma, the manifest karma. The rest of the karma, the uparabdha, the unmanifest karma, which hasn't come yet to bear fruit, has been resolved, eradicated, uprooted. But the parabdha karma, it's already, it's already there. It's like a cold. Well, you've got it. You just have to wait it out, something like that. It takes six days or a week, something like that. Um... 
but the devotee's situation is, 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 is different. Hmm? And we heard this in relation to uh, Bart Maharaj last night also. Was it last night? When we, when we discussed um, the third of the qualities that Rupa Goswami is uh, listing, that one was viraktir, detachment. Hmm? Um, Art Maharaj being the example. Hmm. So, um, for the devotee, then there is the the idea of the shobhana karma. Art Maharaj means beautiful karma. It means it's arranged by Krishna. I mean, we could look at the Brikshit Maharaj's situation in a similar way, obviously. Shobhana karma, but the whole idea of, of 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 bhava is that well he's as liberated as a as a jnani, but but he or she has something else to do because prem is a post liberated condition. It's a culture within liberation, if you will. And the bhava bhakti is someone who's involved directly in that. We all are at all stages, but uh, in bhava. That's directly the culture. So, the, anyway, the Jivan Mukta devotee is quite a peculiar and interesting um, case because it said what? That unlike Gyan, knowledge, the antithesis of which is ignorance, avidya, and that antithesis, avidya, is the core of our bondage and suffering, and all karma arises out of this. In, 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 uh, anadi avidya, as to describe, beginningless uh, ignorance. Hmm? Anadi avidya. So, by invoking, if you will, or by the ingress of knowledge, then the avidya is eradicated. Uh, but still, the force of jnana is not such that the prabdha karma can be dispelled. But bhakti, on the other hand, is characterized as having the power to um, to uh, eradicate one's parabdha karma. So this is the idea that parabdha karma is eradicated and maybe there's some shobhana karma given by Krishna. He stays, she stays on in bhava bhakti and cultures the uh, ideal of prem, a post-liberated ideal. <clears throat> so anyway, we have our own jivan muktas. And uh, as would be expected in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the term becomes more nuanced considerably than it does in the dry, tasteless school of Gyan and yoga for that matter. So uh, that idea, I didn't elaborate on it, but the, the verse that Rupa Goswami cited, what from maybe Hari Bhakti Sudodaya? Hmm. Yes. He said, what, the devotees continually praise the Lord with words, remembering with their minds, and offer respects with their bodies. Still they are not satisfied. Hmm. With tears flowing from their eyes, they offer com- their complete lives to the Lord. So, it's obviously a case of um, liberated life, and this verse has been cited, as we heard last night, to illustrate that they don't waste any time Hmm. Avyartakalatvam. They use all the time. It's hard. The whole life is 
fully um, absorbed in serving Krishna. And they've, they, they, they are, in this stage, they've eradicated the prabhda karma. So as I said before, even who your parents are, which is your prabhda karma, how can it be changed? It's, it can be changed. They're entering into a new identity altogether. They have new parents in Krishna Lok, in Golok. Hmm. Very interesting concept. How can you change your parents? We have the answer for that. <laughs> so it's a very practical example of how the Parabdha Karma can be eradicated also by Bhakti. It's, it's, she has extraordinary power. She can cure the common cold. You, you, don't, you don't have to wait six, seven days or a week. So then from there we heard about Bharat Maharaj as an example of Virakti, an extraordinary example of detachment, like father, I was I said last night, like son. So his father was was um, Rishabdev, and he was an extraordinary avatar and exhibited uh, ex- extreme measures of renunciation. And um, in due course, one and a half, and then two and a half, and three and a half lives later, his first life being as a king, and his second half of the life becoming the, the, the sadhu that he was, then by Krishna's arrangement, becoming attracted to the deer, taking birth as Judd Bharat. That's one to two and a half lives. Two and a half lives. And as Judd Bharat, extraordinary, uh, overt example of detachment. But the verse cited, again, as we mentioned last night, just in review, was referring to him in his passage from his, if you will, his first life into the second half of it, from a king to a sadhu, and what? He gave up everything, all the enjoyables that uh, that, the, that the man who has everything has at his disposal, the king, um, as if it were stool, the example is given. And... Um, and the distaste there was a there was a um, what did he give the what did he say um, that um, anyway distaste uh, uh, for everything material in the words as we explained it wasn't something that was suppressed. He actually didn't like it anymore. Not like Subari Muni. It all comes back up again. Um, there are many examples like this. Bhagavatam is continually giving this kind of example. Gyan versus Bhakti. Repression versus very wholesome, psychologically balanced middle path hmm, of Bhakti, if you will. Hmm, where there's param drishtva nivartate, and therefore... There's no, there's no return. Hmm? Without bhakti, the jnanis are continually returning to sense gratification from chag. They're returning to bhog. Hmm? Stated in the Bhagavatam, that if they disrespect bhakti, even if they become jivan muktas, again they, they come back to bhog, hmm? to uh, the pursuit of enjoyment. So, can't get out of this cycle. Two sides, as I say, the same coin. Bhog and Tyag. Bhakti is the way out. 
if you will. It's not really the way out. It's, it's, it's the balancing of the two. It's not about getting out. Hmm? It's not about leaving the world. It's not about um, exploiting the world or trying to control it, trying to get it or get away from it. It's about dedication to that which, that whom the world is um, uh, a shakti of. Hmm? So, renunciation exploitation, dedication. Hmm? And dedication includes elements of taking and of, of giving up as well. And the extreme example of giving up. Then Bard Maharaj, hmm? and he could completely give it up. So he had a higher taste. Then we come today to what? the uh, This would be the fourth, and there's a slight shift here in the nature of the qualities, um, forbearance, uh, not wasting time, um, renunciation, or detachment, these are kind of, in a sense, on on the lower end. Now the qualities will go on another side towards longing and taste for nam, taste for the living in holy places, um, um, a, uh, well, in tonight's first quality, a kind of hope, ashabandha, ashabandha bhagavata prapti sambhavanadridha. It's, uh, Prabhupada renders ashabandha as hope, like hope, Beyond hope, or something like that. Hope, hoping against hope. Against hope. Yeah, that was his saying. Hoping against hope. Um, it uh, it speaks this ashabanda of a kind of uh, confidence, hmm? which is um, very different from pride. Although without um, being well educated in the top in the subject. The uh, uh, this kind of confidence and hope, if you will, could be uh, misconstrued by the ordinary person to be pride. Hmm? But it's just, as you see, as we talk about it a little bit, Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, the commentators, they don't say too much about it, but um, it's quite uh, different from pride because it involves a sense not only of really of one's lack that one's material qualities are um, not they don't have the purchasing power for the ideal but even one inherently as a jiva has, has a requires grace it's not inherent in us a right to have bhakti. It's a, it's a blessing. So, um, um, there's there's hope against hope. I mean, it's, it's kind of a hopeless, hope within hopelessness, I guess, I would say. Recognizing, acknowledging the hopelessness of one's condition, really, hmm? ontologically speaking, as I'm saying, as a, as a, as the Tastajeev floating in 
in the ocean of material existence. It's a hopeless condition. Even if I was to get out of that somehow or other, onto the onto the land of liberation, still, I have no access to such an ideal. Hmm? Um, again, because it's not inherent in me. So, but the idea here, of course, is that my lack of qualification is what it is but his qualification is what it is and I have hope hmm? let's see what uh, Rupa Goswami says here hmm. firm assumption that one will attain the Lord and he cites a verse of an example he says of confidence it's the following statement of Sanatana Goswami I'm not sure where this verse of Sanatana Prabhu uh, comes from. I'm going to have a chance to look at this and uh, try to find the reference. But um, here's what the uh, the senior of the Goswamis in Gorlila, it's not the Goswami who's deferred to um, in the text here at the onset by Rupa Goswami as his guru and offers praise to him. He was the elder. He, I like to think of as the architect of the Sampradaya, giving the original of Toshini, commentary on the Bhagavatam, as we've said, it's the commentary on the texts, the main texts, that are shared by other lineages. The Bhagavatam is shared by all the lineages. Hmm? It's one of the universally accepted sacred texts of the Vedantists, right? Shankar's Advaita Vedanta, Vashishta Advaita, of Ramanuja, and so on and so forth. They all accept the Bhagavatam, they all accept the Gita. Chaitanya Charitamrita, that's another thing. Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, that's relevant to Gaudius, but that, these books are then the commentary, the interpretation of the Bhagavatam, and so on. Hmm. So, Sanatana Goswami gave the original take the original commentary, Vaishnav Toshini, for the pleasure of the Vaishnava, as it's called, his commentary on Bhagavatam, and he gave the first book of the Sampradaya Brihat Bhagavatamritam, which is also really the essence of what the Bhagavatam is about. It has two focuses. What is the highest love and where does it take place? These are the two sections of Brihat Bhagavatamrita. The nature of the highest love and it takes us to Braj and Gopi Bhav and then and and then the other section is all the different lokas, all the different possibilities of uh, religious and spiritual experience and arriving ultimately at the one that corresponds, the place that corresponds with the, with the feelings. Hmm. It's such a nice idea, just like we say that Prem has a shape. As people, I, I feel, I don't know if it's true, but people have a hard time kind of maybe wrestle a bit with the idea of a spiritual form. Hmm. But to say that love has a shape Art, music, without a shape, you could take advantage of them. What was I, what was better, the idea or the or the canvas? Right? And of course, they're 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 one and different. It's not like the that in Dvaita Vedanta, the form is a saguna form that's lower. The painting is lower than the idea. To use this analogy. Hmm. 
painting is lower than the idea we can dispose of it at some time. <laughs> what, what kind of madness is that? We live in the idea of the artist whom self is pressed to ex- ex- express it and so forth. So love has a shape. And so there's a, there's a world, a loka, very beautiful, great Bhagavatam written that it's, it kind of shows that the Bhagavatam is a, is a, um, a book on comparative religion. Mm-hmm. It's very pluralistic in that it, uh, it speaks about all possibilities, and it speaks about them in, in such a way that if you read it through the eyes of Sanatana Goswami, well, Brihad Bhagavatamrita, for example, then you, 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 you come to the the conclusion that that, uh, that Golok and Braj and Brajendranath uh, and Krishna hmm, is the be all and end all of divinity, Radha and Krishna. Hmm. But all possibilities there are detailed, and the, 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 the Bhagavatam works like that as Gita does. Sometimes people think the Gita is about you know, any number of things, um, but uh, as our lineage has shown, it speaks really directly about ananya bhakti, unalloyed bhakti, and it speaks un- indirectly about ananya bhakti by speaking about what would be different ideals, ideals that don't um, um, uh, afford the opportunity, the. Uh, to the, the, uh, the opportunity to attain the ideal of love and intimacy, gyan mixed with bhakti, karma mixed with bhakti, yoga mixed with bhakti, varnashram. Hmm? And so when, when these things are being talked about, even their virtues are being extolled, if you look more carefully at the entirety of the book, the context, understand them in context, we'll see they're being talked about by, for the purpose of showcasing the super-excellence of Ananya Bhakti. Hmm. So, this, anyway, we have um, these kind of ideas and understanding is uh, from our Goswamis, the leader of them being Sanatana Goswami, and, and this is the forming of a, a Sampradaya. So, as Prabhupada once said when he was doing his Gita commentary and some question was asked by his editor about the translation work, and he said, you can use Radha Krishna, Dr. Radha Krishna's translations. And then <coughs> the devotee said, that would be plagiarism. And Prabhupada said, what do you mean? It's Krishna's words. Was his, <laughs> his thinking about it. And he said, anyway, the purport is what is important. And it's interesting because some, often we would meet people when we were younger and selling Prabhupada's books, and, 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 and they, would, they would want, some people would, would not want the purport. They want, you know, the, what the book actually says. But the purport really um, does give us a particular angle on what's being said, and it's a sweet one when it comes to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm. So, this is the work of the Goswamis, and amongst them, Sanatana was the leader in the Gaur Lila. It's thought that the position is reversed in Krishna Lila, and Sanatana uh, pays tribute to, to Rupa Goswami, the leader of the this. Um, Handmaiden uh, group of, uh, attached to uh, to the service of, of Radha, but um, repeatedly in this book, Ujjwal Nilmani, other text, um, uh, Rupa Goswami 
defers to or refers to Sanatana Goswami as his guru, an elder. Hmm? So he's a, he was uh, senior in age, and um, and uh, it's said about him, it's a very beautiful thing, that uh, he, he disappeared from the world, Sanatana Goswami Prabhupada, on the uh, Guru Purnim. It's uh, the full moon, maybe in our month of July, that uh, all over India then the Guru is worshipped on the Guru Purnim. Um, so he disappeared from the world on that day. And it's said that uh, Sanatana Goswami used to always shave his head, like we did in ISKCON when we were young, every every week, I guess, something like that. Or maybe every full moon, I don't know. But he was known as Munda Baba, which is shaved Baba. I guess a lot of Babas kept the longer hair and so forth. Um, so he's the original, well, why do you shave your head? Because he does, you know, kind of. <laughs> and that's cool, which is what I was told. When I first asked, Prabhupada uh, does, and I thought, that's a good answer. It doesn't make any sense in one sense, but it makes all sense. There's somebody worth following here, and whatever he does, if we do that, imitation of a good thing is a good thing, something like that. So so at any rate, Sanatana Goswami was quite elderly, and uh, he would. it said he would walk through the brudge, hmm? And, uh, for example, doing parikram, circumambulating Govardhan Hill, which probably takes, what, about 12 hours or something like that. It was one of his daily practices. And so he would, in the course of, anyway, wandering in the brudge, come into the villages, and and uh, everyone would run out to, to greet him, and kids would come and hold his hands, and he would give all kinds of advice on every level. Hmm. Well, we, we recall that he and Rupa, and I, we mentioned just very briefly, uh, as a, uh, tangentially, uh, maybe maybe yesterday in, in a lecture when we talked about how astute they were, Rupa and Sanatana, and how the Nawab Hussain saw wanted them in his um, cabinet. And, uh, they spoke many languages. They were very um, good at... Uh, they were very... Yeah, good at dealing with people, understanding people's minds, makeups, and um, super competent people hmm? who gave up Chaktivatu Namasyesha Mandalapati Shanim Sadhatu Chivat Sankyapu Bhaganama Ganati. They gave up everything hmm? just to go and chant prescribed number of rounds, pay Dandavats around Govardhan and so forth. And so they were loved by everyone. It's not, in, I'm speaking about in particular, loved by everyone so much so that on the day of his disappearance, which is the Guru Purnim, it said, every man, woman, and child of Vrindavan shaved their head. It's to say, we follow him. So we are in good hands with Sanatana Goswami, architect of our Sambhadaya. We have Hari Bhakti Vilas from him. All of our mantras and procedures and etiquette and how to do everything from a Gaudiya perspective. That comes from him. Gopal Bhatta was a contributor there, editor. But uh, it's not his book. He has his own commentary on it. Brihad Bhagavatamrita, as I mentioned, his, his seminal commentary, direct commentary, Vaishnava Toshani, and so forth. So, Rupa Goswami here refers to him, um, which is very beautiful, <laughs> as we're describing. And uh, 
a verse of his which he feels uh, illustrates this confidence or hope hope within hopelessness hope hope against. hoping against hope hmm. he says Sanatana Goswami Prabhupada I do not have prem or the practices of hearing or chanting in bhakti I have no practice in meditation of Vishnu in the Astanga Yoga process, nor do I have practices in Jnana or Varnashram duties. I do not even have good birth to execute these actions properly, but since you, Krishna, are most merciful to the least qualified, O dear lover of the gopis, though I have impure desires, my aspiration for you continues to agitate me. Hmm. So... He's saying that um, there's different, this has been taken by different ways, in different ways, by Jiva Goswami and and Vishwanath um, uh, Chakrabarti Thakur. Um, one thing that comes out in in the verse is that um, in Vishwanath's um, explanation, if I recall, is that. Uh, he wants to see the verse because it is a verse uh, depicting kind of this kind of hope or confidence in Bhav for attaining Prem, that it's spoken by someone absorbed in Krishna Bhakti on that um, level, or it's not in this case a higher level, but it applies um, nonetheless to someone in Bhav or who has the seed of, the sprout of Bhav, who would be... Um, well, what does he say? He says, several things are mentioned here. Meditation is mentioned. Uh, uh, knowledge is mentioned. Um, uh, action is mentioned, which can refer to yoga, mystic yoga, meditation, the path of jnana. Uh, duties or activities, the the path of uh, karma or the path of varnashram, and of course, bhakti in practice is mentioned, and bhakti in love of God. All these things. He starts with the love of God, and he says, "I don't have that. I don't have bhakti practice. I don't have astang- anything that you could get from astanga yoga, in which there's meditation upon on Bhagwan, um, in Gyan uh, that you could acquire." Mm. If you um, were not disrespectful of bhakti or um, varnashram as well, uh, that requires some bhakti in order to be fruitful. Uh, this is the way Vishwanath likes to think of the verse, and appropriately so, I think, because um, after all, yes, it is uh, uh, describing the character of someone in bhava, so he says. The yoga is Vaishnava yoga that he's speaking about, hmm. which again means meditation on Vishnu. This is described in the third canto, Kapiladev, to his mother Devahuti. That's not all he explains, but um, he ultimately emphasizes bhakti unto itself, of course. Gyan concerns knowledge of the Lord. Hmm. Um, Shubha karma, which means the Literally, in one sense, the good good activities of the of the uh, Marnashram um, is the actions 
or the karma, the actions, the services performed by the devotee. Hmm. So he, he gives it all entirely a kind of a devotional context. Hmm. Hmm. I don't have the ability to meditate on on God. I don't have any knowledge, proper sambandha gyan. Hmm. I don't have any capacity to do any practical service. Hmm. And I, I don't have any qualification for bhakti and practice. And of course, I have no itself, and I have no love of, of God. But, so he's deprecating himself. It's, it's, it's a voice of humility that's characteristic of an advanced uh, devotee. Who, who in the, these types of self-deprecating poems and verses and so forth and songs that uh, we are familiar with, the way they work in a sense, it's not some type of a calculated thing where like, I'll pretend that I'm very fallen and I'll write like this for people who are fallen and they'll you know, have the way to think about themselves. They actually feel like this. Because they, what, what occurs is that as we progress... Then, this, then defects in ourselves become magnified in our own perception. You know, you have the two ends of the spectrum where the, the neophyte devotee thinks everybody's a demon and I'm a devotee. Uh, what is it? Utsava Mai, filled with you know, the enthusiasm of a new student. He just got, you know, taken from the college team onto the professional, you know, court and... and uh, yeah. And he realizes, well, it's a different world here. <laughs> They're better. They're all the guys are the best, uh, and, and everywhere I might have to sit on the bench for a while, and so forth. So, but at first he comes in with all types of enthusiasm until he gets his nose broken, <laughs> something like that, and <laughs> a rude awakening. But these are the two spectrums. He thinks everybody's unqualified except for me, and on the other end of this spectrum, spectrum, everybody's qualified except for me. We heard a very beautiful uh, definition of humility, which comes to mind the uh, 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 words of C.S. Lewis, cited to me by Richard Ahari the other day. C.S. Lewis is an interesting person who, um, uh, in his pursuit of spiritual and religious life, he, he came down to, it boiled down to two religions for him that were the real religions, Hinduism or Christianity. So he had a real theistic, you know, leaning. And, um, of course, he, he has a cultural um, acquaintance with an attachment to Christianity. Somehow he, that may be part of why he, he chose that, but he had great respect for Hinduism. At any rate, he defined humility in a nice way, uh, which just comes to mind as we're speaking about the humility of great devotees self-deprecation and so forth that is often misunderstood, misconstrued. What did he say? He said, humility is not thinking is not, is what? Not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So, that's very beautiful. Because when you think of your um, less of yourself, you're thinking of yourself all the time. Hmm? And, uh, oh, I'm so bad, I'm so fallen. And, and, and you're trying to bring, unconsciously perhaps, but bring attention to yourself, and that's where all your, your focus is. So rather than to think of yourself, think less of yourself, think of yourself less. Think of others. Hmm. It's beautiful. 
a good answer to that kind of confusion that comes up where devotees, it's a modern phenomenon, this kind of self-loathing and lack of self-esteem and so forth. And I, I even read once, not so long ago, forget who it was, but a lady who, um, a feminist and spiritual-minded person who really um, uh, ended up concluding that that women have been oppressed for so long that these Indian ideas, I think it was, that of of being humble and and the kind of things we're talking about, really, that are realizations and insights, and so which is we can't deal with that. You know, we, that's just uh, so. It's a it's a it's easy to mis- misunderstand hmm? the songs of Bhakti Vinod Narutam and. And here how Sanatana is depicting himself. But it's a reality for them because as they progress, then then what faults they have, they're, they're also uh, uh, magnified. And what I should say how great Krishna is, is magnified. So it's that when you come in touch, when the finite comes in touch with the infinite, then he feels finite. What it, what it really means to be to feel finite. Hmm? But... As we see here uh, from Sanatan's uh, verse, um, he feels low, unqualified, but then there's a hope in, in, in where he bottoms out. Yeah, there's, there's a hope here. Hmm? And so what the, the idea here is, is, ha- is he, he has, let's say, the, these qualities now are take more, moving more in a positive direction from not wasting time, detachment, to forbearance, to hope. Hmm? Um, confidence because of what? Because Krishna is the way he is. And so he he actually thinks Krishna is a real person. And not a, just a theological person. He's like, knows what Krishna's like. He takes it seriously. It's not just a verse that he remembers. When Uddhava says, who could be more qualified than Krishna? Who in their right mind would take shelter of someone other than, than Krishna? Hmm. Many devotees are still wondering if Krishna really ex- exists. <laughs> they don't maybe say it like that, but they maybe act like that, hmm? whether they realize it or not. But he he knows hmm, in this verse, Krishna is a real person, hmm? and he's this is what he's like. Hmm? He's extraordinarily merciful and generous. And look in, in the example that Uddhava, who is so learned has given is very um, compelling. I mean, he, 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 he visited the Brudge. That's where he got his final PhD in spirituality when he went, uh, you know, out of school, so to speak, and into the real world. Um, and uh, all his school learning now had to be rethought, so to speak, seeing the Brudge was off the scriptural map and how these people were... Uh, Acting and what what was the the preem of of Brudge, um, and uh, so thinking about it, he he he, he said things like he, what his contrast is that he draws is is, is significant. I've cited it many times, Putana, and the result of her approaching Krishna the way she did, um, even though her intention. You know, there's a debate. What is uh, uh, the uh, the importance of intention 
in action. There was a, re- a recent debate between a fellow named Sam Harris, atheist, and Noam Chomsky about... Well, Chomsky had said that the blowing up <laughs> of this chemical factory by President Clinton years ago because he thought there were some chemical weapons being built there. He compared that to a more atrocious act than the bombing of the planes into the, the those towers. Hmm. <laughs> because he said all the medicine was, you know, blown up. There was there was no there was no weapons of mass destruction, chemical warfare being produced there, and that was demonstrated. And thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people went without medicine, and and uh, in 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 a country where uh, people die from diseases you know, more, more readily and so forth, and only a couple thousand, three thousand people died. So Harris tried to say, well, intention, you know, intention. Clinton had a good intention, but the if the flyers of the planes had a bad intention, an intention that weighs out and. Chomsky more or less just laughed at him and said, you yeah, know, it's the numbers of people that have died, you know, that's more significant and, uh, uh, and so on. So, um, what was the point here? <laughs> intention, attention. Um, oh. Humility, hope. It's now too complicated for myself. <laughs> um, you're talking about being, thinking more of yourself, being to a pillar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the intention of the intention of Putana. Hmm. So that's what just caught my mind. Uh, uh-huh. Intention of Putana had a, had a bad intention, hmm. but Krishna didn't look at the intention. He just looked at she's dressed like a devotee. Hmm. She's approaching me as a mother. Hmm. It's like, good idea to wear a tealock. <laughs> Dressed like a devotee. Maybe the Kumaras have said that they could have gotten into Vaikuntha if they'd been wearing tealock. Hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> they had some tapa. They didn't have the Vaishnava tapa, but they had some tapa austerity, but they didn't have tealock. They couldn't get in. So, although her intention was bad, Krishna gave her an extraordinary blessing, a, a type of Vatsali Rasa, not there under Mother Yasoda, but on the fringe of Golok, nonetheless. And this was extraordinary. So he, he doesn't look even at the intention hmm? sometimes. This is, I mean, that doesn't mean that we should do bhakti without the right intention. It means what to speak of if we do it with intentionally with uh, purpose and resolve and so forth. It's supposed to inspire us like this, is the idea. So it's a very uh, stark contrast between the blessing that she got and the intention that she had, and this is our Krishna. Hmm. That's super uh, extraordinary. So he's hopeful. He knows this about him. And there's so many examples hmm, in the history of Krishna blessing and uh, just being who he, he, he uh, this is the idea. By hearing about Krishna, you have to hear about him. See, this is a this is a this is a guy that you could fall in love with, you know. For example, 
uh, who could be your, your best friend. Hmm? And these, he has all these qualities. And amongst them, what's being highlighted here, he's extraordinarily merciful, despite the lack of qualification that Sanatan speaks of here. He knows, he has a confidence that hmm, everything's all right. Krishna will, will, he will certainly deliver me. So, um, again, the difference between confidence and pride. Hmm, he has, he's prideless. Well, actually, that will come next, but um, Ashabandha. Uh, so, some pridelessness and, and in the context of that, confidence. Hmm? Confident that, uh, that like we, we've, we hear it also in, for example, in um, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami's narrative, when he, after he finishes his verses, establishing the ontological position of Nityananda Prabhu, and who's no small person, uh, for whom the Vishnu's come, and so forth. He has four, about four or five verses there in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Then at the end of his uh, description, he tells the narrative of his own life, and he says, I, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I'm, but, I, but I should tell this, because if I don't tell this, then the truth about my, my master will not be known. Hmm. His grace, how Nityananda Prabhu came to me, and and, uh, and so forth. I was homeless, and and he, he took me home. Hmm. He took me home <laughs> to Vrindavan, and there oh, I became who I am. I'm writing this book because of that. Blessed by the Goswamis, blessed by Madan Mohan, and so forth. So, so at any rate, here there is. Confidence in in the Bhava Bhakta is, is, is illustrated by the example of Sanatan's prayer, and and what and then we come to the next one, which is Atta Samutkanta. So this is a kind of a spiritual longing, so you can see they're going in a different direction. Smutkanta, longing. What was the time, though? Uh, 8.05. Okay, I think we'll stop there, and we'll go to that in the next discussion. Yes, question. I have a couple questions. Um, sometimes you hear Prabhupada, or I hear devotees saying that, Krishna sometimes puts like advanced devotees, like there's some devotees even in our you know, that we were familiar with that, you know, we're we're doing pretty well on the path. I'm sure maybe they didn't reach Baba, but then all of a sudden they became attracted to something or someone or fell away from their position, and it was and you hear it's because Krishna wanted them to be a little more humble. You know, they needed that to become humble. So I was just wondering about that, what your thoughts are on Are they more humble? <laughs> uh, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, that can be obviously um, abused, and, um, and um, such um, distraction from practice and so forth. There are many other reasons for it. That's a very high reason, and and there should be considerable evidence, I would think, to support that type of conclusion for a thoughtful devotee. 
but not. Offense is another one. And in earlier stages, then, um, offense will play a bigger a bigger role, not just Vaishnava Aparad, but Nama Aparad. Um, and uh, sometimes people take on responsibilities or positions of service that are they're not qualified for and so forth. We've seen that, not knowing their eligibility and early stages, misunderstanding, not... I mean, for many of, uh, the, of Prabhupada's disciples, of course, they um, had the opportunity to hear from Sridhar Maharaj that Prabhupada arranged, not in a planned out way or anything like that, but it, it did come from him. He opened the door to that, and and uh, that's where the leading devotees went for some advice, and they really did a, um, did poorly. They fared very poorly in associating with an advanced devotee, despite so many warnings in the books of Prabhupada's books, where everything's in his books, you know, and here was <laughs> something that they were doing that was contrary to his books. And it, it indicated a, a kind of a shallowness of their own understanding of the teaching and so forth. And um, And so it would be hard to consider them at the stage of bhava. Yes, bhava bhaktis could all, bhaktis could make a Vaishnava aparad. Um, it's unlikely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I, I would, I would also think that in the case um like, for example, if Pariksit Marsh, you don't find him saying, well, you know, Krishna did this to make me humble, actually I'm great, and, and so forth. So he didn't use that kind of reasoning. We use that kind of reasoning. So if the devotee's using it, or somebody's using it about them, and then they identify with it and say, yeah, that's actually, you know, Krishna did this, and actually I'm good, and made me a little more humble. It doesn't sound very humble, so <laughs> I don't think it can be, you know, like anything abused. Does that help? Yes, and I, and I have another question, because um, you, you say that, you know, it's not, and I know you talk about this a lot, how it's not inherent in us, so, but in, this, in the verse this morning, um, Shidahari read in the verse that it is inherent, and so I was just wondering... What's that verse? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, no, it doesn't so, say that. Pardon? But I mean, my question is, if it's in the verse, cause I know I know if it's in the purport, it's a preaching strategy. But if it's in the verse, no, it's not in the verse. Really? Verse says nityasiddha krishna prem. It says that prem is nityasiddha is eternally existing. Nityasiddha krishna prem sadhuka bunai. So these are saying positively and negatively. Krishna prem is eternally existing. Sadhuka bunai. It's not something. That's produced at some point in time. Nityasiddha Krishna Prem, Sadhikabunoi, then Shravanadi Sudachite. By hearing, etc., Shravanadi, hearing, chanting, Sudachite. The Chitta becomes Sudha, Chetadaparnamarjanam, same idea, and Kore Udai arises, and this, this, this Nityasiddha Prem arises within the heart. This is a verse, a Bengali verse 
that's a Bengali rendering of a Sanskrit verse of Rupa Goswami's. So where Chaitanya Charitamrita cites the verse, or where this verse is found, you'll find right after it or right before it is Rupa Goswami's verse, because all of the points that Kaviraj Goswami makes in Bengali, he gives a reference for them, and there'll be a Sanskrit verse. In this case, the Sanskrit verse is Rupa Goswami's definition of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? And uh, so that Bengali verse that we just explained is comes in the second chapter, in the very beginning of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu verse, where um, the subject is sadhana bhakti. Hmm? And um, the verse says that, again, Krishna Prem is eternally existing, and um, um, at the same time, it's practiced with the senses, and that practice with the senses of bhakti is what clears the heart for the Nityasiddha Prem that's already existing to manifest. The emphasis on it being eternally existing is because if it's our goal, but it's not eternally existing, then our goal is not eternal. Hmm? So they have to say, and they do, and it's correct and accurate, of course, that this Nityasiddha Prem is eternally existing. So where is it existing? Well, it's existing in Radharani, in Lalita, in Vishaka, in Subal, in Sridham, Yashoda, Nandamars. These are all the personifications, if you will, of this Nityasiddha Bhava, Nityasiddha Prem, eternally existing Prem. Hmm? And if we want that Prem, we are to follow that ideal as it comes to us through the Guru Parampara. So it's eternally existing. We don't, we're not going to follow something that's not, not there. It has to be there. Anuga means to follow. So they are the Ragatmikas. They have it inborn. Hmm? And, and, and we follow that, and by following it, the first um, stage of that results in the purifying of the heart, at which time then of its own choice it manifests. And Vishwana Chakti Thakur in his commentary on this verse, Rupa Goswami, gives an example that may be this illuminating. He says, just like Krishna is born in the prison house of Kamsa, but that's not where he originates. So Bhava, or Nityasiddha Prem, manifests in the heart of the jiva, but that's not where it originates. Hmm? You follow? And then in also in his commentary, Jiva Goswami says, it's eternally existing in the associates of Krishna. He says it right in the commentary. So, the verse doesn't, doesn't say that. Um, neither does the Sanskrit verse. The word heart is there, but udai, it, it arises in the heart. Hmm. Now, that said... Um, of course, a devotee can uh, the, the 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 ingress of bhakti into the into our hearts, if you will, is through good association, obviously. So it, it has to mean all forms of bhakti. It's not that by association we get the ingress of sadhana bhakti, but prem bhakti is already there. Mm, that would be a little contradictory. So no. By association, but that association is in this life and uh, previous lives. We get Im- impressions of bhakti, and um, that said, while practicing, it's as if hmm, 
it's in the heart coming out. It's kind of experienced like that. Although the genesis of it is is this that it's contagious, and if I associate with somebody who has it, I catch it. And that said, also, let's say you catch it in previous lives from bhakti sangskars, impressions from from the, the opportunity that's been afforded you to associate with devotees, then over time, after some lifetimes, then then there are it is starting to come out. Just like I cited at the beginning, the conversation with Hasaduda that Prabhupada had, and he said, "Oh, it's coming out." You feel like you want to be the friend of Krishna? Yeah, that should be cultivated. Hmm? But what if I'm no, no? What was coming out? That's what you has his proper reply to that. So it's like coming out, mm-hmm. right? It's like here. It's it, it, but it's it, it it's inherent in you. Mm-hmm. Although it may have had its, there was a time when it wasn't. It is now. <laughs> now you're you know a card carrying member. You've got you've got it. You know you've got the plague. You know the plague of Prem. So. It's incubating in there, you know. You've got that, you know. It's like um, HIV, you know. You're HIV positive now. You're going to get AIDS at some point here, you know. It used to be, anyway, thought like that. It's going to come, you know. So you could be carrying for for quite some time. But still, we need initial contact with with bhakti to have bhakti. Hmm. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, while you're speaking, I thought of one other verse that kind of um, exemplifies uh, Sanatan's uh, verse uh, from Sri Chaitanya through Krishna Das, and speaking of Vasudeva Data, and Lord Chaitanya says, uh, he says, whatever a pure devotee wants from his master, Lord Krishna doubtlessly grants, because he has no duty other than to fulfill the desire of his devotee. Haribo. <laughs> Sri Krishna, wherever bhakti goes, Krishna has to go. Hmm. He can't, he cannot uh, not go there. So, we are fortunate, we have good association, we get bhakti, Krishna's going to be there. Have confidence, ashabanda, hope against hope. Kijai. Sisi Radha Madhava Kijai. Going to be here tomorrow? going to be here tomorrow? Okay, what's your question? Um, you speak of purifying the heart and the inverse of bhakti into the heart. So the word heart has different connotations. We have a hmm. organ, we have emotions, we have, sometimes it's said that chitta... means the chitta, heart. yeah. Um, but it sounds like also it's at the times means con- the consciousness, the atma, the soul, the self. So... Um, like when you just describe purifying the heart, in that instance, is it the samabadi, the chitta, or is it the... You see, the chitta is the mediator between the atma and physical matter. It's a psychic matter, if you will. It's a mediator. So the chitta is kind of like this mirror that communicates with physical matter and the Atma, and it's, it's Atma-like compared to the physical world. Hmm. Mind has a subjective quality, hmm. right? It's not super-subjective, if you will, hmm. and it's filled with um, 
attachments to the physical world. Um, so consciousness, on the other hand, is super subjective. Mind, chitta, heart, and all, would not have a subjective quality were it not for consciousness reflecting on it. Subtle matter has this capacity to be reflected upon by consciousness and take on qualities hmm? like uh, light reflected. Well, it looks like the you know the room is illuminated of and of itself, but it's reflected light. So the subtle body has subtle matter has this capacity to um, reflect consciousness in the way that physical matter can't. Hmm? So it has a subjective quality, but it's capacity to have subjective subjectivity to it. This is so, so matter has some subjectivity to it. Hmm? We often talk about it as if it doesn't have any. It's non-experiential and uh, objective and so forth. But then, you know, to complicate matters, as Gaudi Vaishnavism often does, well, there's the subtle matter. It does have a subjective component. However, anyway, my point is, it only has that subjective component because it's in touch with the super-subjective in two ways. One way is that Bhagavan himself reflects upon matter. Hmm? And so then this subtle matter starts in motion and gross matter comes out of it. Hmm? Um, and then we as individual units, like little sp- sparks of the fire of, of Vishnu, the one who became many, we also um, are super subjective, if you will, pure consciousness. And so, um, similarly, we, 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 we make choices as to, in regard to the world of, of potentialities, to use a kind of a quantum way of explaining matter. It's, it's potentialities. So, we, then we bring them into, into, uh, into shape or form or so forth. So, so, um, so, just like we say, okay, that the mind is the friend of the conditioned soul, his enemy as well. So, if the mind is filled with material impressions, and therefore we're driven by the impressions, the samskars, of the mind, then it's our enemy. It's going to take us automatically in a certain direction. If, however, we can fix the mind on Krishna, hmm, then then we can get bhakti scars in the chitta, and then that can cause us to move away from matter and towards Krishna. So, um, it purifies the chitta, the subtle body, hmm, and then the gross body ceases to function in relation to sense objects um, for the pleasure of the sense of I that was previously derived from attachment to sense objects and a new sense of I, that I'm Krishna Das, is coming. Hmm? And so you know, we're talking about the spiritualization of the sadhaka deha hmm? in due course. And in bhava, then, the chitta itself becomes spiritualized in the same way that an iron rod becomes fire when holding it in fire for long enough and pulling it out. It's fire now. 
if you touch it, you'll think you got touched by fire, not by iron. Hmm? So there's this kind of transubstantiation, if you will, of the subtle matter becomes such as the power of bhava. It, 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 it take, takes over the subtle body. And Dhruva went back to God in his own self-same body. Now, that's a peculiar case, but that's just to emphasize the point. So the chitta interface, when it's purified, means we see clearly ourselves. Well, we can't see clearly because the chitta is clouded and yeah, yeah. purified. Yeah. We actually can finally see clearly. Yeah, and the hunkar, the the identity is as is, is, is a servant of Krishna. Yeah, so the interface is no longer getting away. Right. Therefore, it's clear, like a like like if you take a mirror, and has dust on it, and if you clean it up, then you can see yourself. Hmm. And then once it's no longer in the way, then it starts becoming spiritualized, and then it takes on that spiritual identity. Yeah. 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 And with the spiritualization of the sadhakadeya, then uh, a so-called siddhadeya, which the sadhakadeya spiritualizes also siddha, but this internal siddhadeya also, meditative body, develops. Okay. Shishi Gauradha Madhava ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanande. Jai. Jai.